Free Talk Live. Welcome to the program here. The number for you if you want to join us, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160 here in the studio tonight. You've got Ian. And Chris. Also, uh, Bonnie should be joining us here in just a bit. We've got some crazy news about the various different uh, cutoffs that are happening with the Russian people who are becoming victim of all manner of mega corporations deciding to, you know, just stop serving an innocent group of people who have not harmed anyone else. You have to remember, it's the people calling themselves the government of Russia that have been doing whatever harm it is that has done. The people of any given country are, by and large, peace-loving people who do not want to see war. The Ukrainian people don't want to see war. The Russian people don't want to see war. Most Americans don't want to don't want to see war and go to war. But the people calling themselves the state, this is what they thrive on. This is what they live for. Violence is what they do. And so people are so easily confused, though. They they will. I saw a story earlier this week on social media. Someone said their friend has a kid in school who's part Russian. He's born in the United States, but like dad is from Russia. And so some kids on the playground like attacked this kid uh, the other day just because he's a quote-unquote wow. Russian. I mean, this is the kind of ignorance that you you know you expect from teenagers or whatever or elementary schoolers, but it goes on at adult levels, and and we're seeing it uh, expressed by these corporations that feel that they have to make a statement. And show how serious they are. They're against the Russian, you know, invasion. And so, therefore, they're going to punish who? The Russian people. Because when you cut off internet service from an entire country, you're punishing 99% of the people who've never done anything wrong. The average folks. Yeah, you may affect the elites. Of course, they're going to have their ways, I'm sure, of getting, uh, getting online. But that's what we're going to talk about here tonight. I had a story that uh, involves ICANN, which is the internet whatever oh, yeah. corporation for names or something like that. I don't remember what it stands for. Uh, internet Corporation for Assigned Names and Numbers. This is the corporation that is this world quote-unquote authority as far as the essentially the internet phone book, basically. Like, you go to ICANN. You register a domain name. You don't usually register it directly with ICANN, but they have these resellers, basically, these uh, domain name registry or registrars out there. But those registrars are placing their order, if you will, with ICANN, as I understand it, and saying, oh, well, you know, Shire Free Church is the owner of freetalklive.com and uh, Think Penguin is the owner of thinkpenguin.com, right? But those are all registered with a private company, but ultimately ICANN has some sort of say over whether or not that domain can continue. Am I explaining that sort of yeah, correctly? Yeah, it's, it's a little bit more complica- uh, complex is. than that. But, <laughs> um, yeah, basically there are different entities that control like different domains. Mm-hmm. So like you're actually, you're not, you're registering through like a reseller of uh, a particular domain name like .com, right. you know, might be, I think what that might be Verizon or, or not Verizon, uh, Ver- VeriSign, I think. Which is um, based was. in the US. Yeah, right? which is based in the US and that's like under ICANN. So, so like ICANN issue the .ru domain, but it's not actually managed by ICANN. It's managed by some other entity. And then there's resellers of that. Mm. So, 
basically when you register a domain. Well, and you've got a story. So I've got a story about that, how they've been, uh, Ukrainian government gang has asked ICANN to shut down the, what are called DNS root servers in Russia and revoke Russian domains such as .ru and a, a couple of others. And apparently the good news is ICANN has declined to do this. Yeah. <laughs> but they could have just as easily had gone the other way. And it, yeah, and you're absolutely right. And the crazy thing is they absolutely have um, really? in other cases. Yeah. So it's not. It, it's kind of interesting. Their, their stance, their, there's a quote, and I, I don't unfortunately have it you know, to bring up, but um, the quote is just of of uh the rep from ICANN is just like it, it's mind-bogglingly dumb in that it it's there's there are like certain ICANN uh rules and procedures for like um uh, basically like arguing over who owns a domain name and things mm-hmm. of that nature and one of the things that they take into account is uh it, what what they what I think they'll probably refer to are the what I want to say, the enemy of freedom refers to as intellectual property. And that absolutely, if like if, uh, you know, a court rule or not even a court, I think it's like their own procedures. Um, you can have your domain name just taken from you, basically. Mm. So um, it's, it just seems kind of humorous that they will then go and say that, you know, uh, you know, that uh, we res- I, I forget exactly what they said, but it was something like we respect or, or no, we stay out of out out of like disputes, like an international, yeah, like international dispute. disputes. But that's not really the case. They actually do get involved in international disputes uh, in a sense because they allow, you know, individuals to use their dispute process. So so one example, let's get a little more specific. Uh, one example of this might be the U.S. federal government gang. Going after dot com websites, right? Because they yeah. have the ability, because VeriSign is based in the United States, if they get a threat, you know, a takedown notice or whatever from the ATF or something like that, yep. or the DEA, then they just go right ahead and, and do whatever it is they're told. Right, right. So if it's a dot RU domain name, it's not. It's 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 they can take down maybe dot all dot of dot RU like. All of them, right? But they can't. But they can't take down specific dot domains. But they wouldn't be able to do it based on a U.S. court saying take down all the dot rus. They they, they that they be might able be able to, able to do. Really? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Um, That's insane. Yeah, because because I can controls kind of the what's the what's at the root, uh-huh. and so they can they can basically they kind of hand they they kind of make the the decision of who controls the individual domain registry. So. You know, ultimately, so .ru, for example, Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, .com or whoever, like they kind of control that. And so, like, for example, um, like when I hold on, ICANN makes the decision about who controls the root of ru, .ru, whatever company it is or something. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, they can they can I presume I'm pretty confident they can revoke that, but they don't have control over like specific domain names that are under the .ru domain. So but that company would Yeah, something company.ru would, mm-hmm. would or company.com for example. Those are those are the domain names and then .ru is it's it, well well, but I can I can is an international organization, right? Now, U.S. used to have a large. Uh, didn't the U.S. used to have a huge role in it, though? Its history is a government uh, created entity really? uh, in the United States, and the U.S. government had had control over it. In theory, uh, I can is no is is not controlled by the United States government, but it's by a it's still 
it's still within like in theory it's still really in control of the united states i think because mm. ultimately if it's based in the united states even if it's a non-profit that's not run by the u.s government and even if the congress doesn't you know says okay well hands off we don't we don't have any control over you anymore mm-hmm. they could just take it right back because it's still it's still all being done from within the united states at the core that's really so, scary yeah it is very scary and uh the way the system works is is yeah it's it's uh you know i this is something that should have been resolved a long time ago, but there hasn't been any any. I can't hasn't done anything of this of this nature, like say take away, you know, dot ru from a, a government. So there hasn't been that incentive to like solve this problem. But from an individual national security perspective of other countries, I think it is something that is a, a real security issue potentially for any country. Yeah, and this has been something that on occasion has come up here when. On the show, whenever we've seen like the U.S. federal gang just stealing people's domain names out from underneath them and saying, nope, that's ours now. Oh, well, we think you were uh, sharing pirated videos or we yeah. think you were, you know, fill in the blank, whatever, you know, supposedly legal thing. Oh, you've got pirated uh, Louis Vuitton bags that you're selling on your website. The Chinese uh, knockoff products. They've taken domains for those reasons. Yeah, they do that all the time. Actually. Uh, oh, you're selling gun parts that you're not allowed to sell. ATF yep. seizes the it, And this the is website. why people avoid .com uh, mm-hmm. domain names, because the U.S. controls .com. But what good is it if the U.S. can control ICANN? I mean, that, so ultimately, uh, an important question here is, yes, they may be allowing RU to continue. They've made the right choice, but they could have chosen differently. And what alternatives are there besides the way things have always been? More coming Talk Live. Phones are open here. You can join the show at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And you can take control of the airwaves. By the way, Free Talk Live is brought to you by Bitcoin.com. If you want to learn about cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash, get on over to Bitcoin.com. Click Get Started at the top of the page. Uh, Bitcoin on sale again. After rising as high as uh, around forty-five thousand dollars, forty-four thousand this week, it's now back below forty. So it's at around thirty-nine thousand and change uh, today. So you um, might want to take a look at learning the basics, like what about is you know what is decentralization, what about the blockchain. You want to get these things down. Head on over to Bitcoin.com. Click Get Started right there at the top of the page. And also, if you're not brand new to crypto, you can get the latest news headlines over at news.bitcoin.com. We're going to go uh, to your phone calls and thoughts. Bonnie joining us. Good evening, Bonnie. Hello. Uh, we are, by the way, gearing up for the Liberty Forum. Free Talk Live, not going to be broadcasting from the Liberty Forum, but uh, Bonnie and I are going to be there. Aria is already there. I hear nobody uh, is going to be there tonight as well. So it's a sold-out event. If you're going to be attending, we'll look forward to seeing you there uh, it's tomorrow. It's sold out, but nobody's going to show up. And the next day. That's <laughs> true. Uh, so we're going to get back into the requests here to have Russia be basically taken off the internet. Uh, because it's not just the quest, the request to shut down the .ru domain name system. There's and even more. stands for Russia? Correct. There's even more that you're going to get into coming up here in a moment, Chris. It's way worse uh, than that request yeah but i don't know those are they're I both mean, pretty bad yeah but. it's it's uh that's a complicated one because dot ru is that's huge i mean that's huge and uh but so is so is taking down the internet <laughs> we'll talk about that uh coming up here first though to your calls and thoughts olivia is in arizona you're on free talk live 
Hey guys, so just real quick, I wanted to say thank you to Marek from call, for calling from Poland last night. That was really interesting. I hope he calls back. Um, my my mom's um, on my mom's side. My great grandmother was actually straight off the boat from Poland. So big yakshamaj to uh, to Marek. You're but referring I, I to the calling. gentleman who uh, was calling last night. It was three or four in the morning where he is uh, there in Poland. He was driving towards the border. Uh, with the goal of picking up some refugees at the Ukrainian border and getting them safely back into Poland uh, where they'd be able to stay. It was, yeah, definitely an interesting call, uh, and uh, I'm sure we'll hear from him again. But I go was ahead. so shocked yeah. at, at how um, kind of not regulated just picking up refugees was. He said there are like Telegram and WhatsApp groups where people are saying, I need a ride, and people are saying, oh, I can give you a ride, and he was just going down there to pick some people up. Yeah, it was pleasant to discover that the Polish government isn't really doing much standing in the way of helping these people. So First, they said they'd make them take COVID tests, and then they said, okay, never mind. Yeah, because there's only 35% of people that uh, are vaccinated there in Ukraine, so they understand that if they refuse unvaccinated people, that they're going to basically be refusing most all of the refugees. Mm -hmm. Uh, And plus, the whole COVID scare is ending right at around the same time the war thing is gearing up. Oh, Curious that's convenient. How, how that worked. It is uh, super convenient, isn't it? Yeah, but uh, Olivia, what were you calling about tonight? Okay, so I was wondering how so many people um, how so many people signed up for this experimental injection so quickly, and they're probably going to jump on the let's start World War III bandwagon pretty soon, too, even though nobody mentions the poor Armenians who are still getting bombed by the Azerbaijanis. I guess they don't matter, but... Yeah. Um, but I was watching YouTube. There's a really interesting video by Austin McConnell called The Best-Selling Novel That Was a Total Hoax. And I don't know if you've heard about it, but it's called I Libertine. And it was made up by a radio host in the mid-1950s, like 1956. His name was Gene Shepard. And he said, you know, it would be really funny, listeners, if you guys, because uh, everyone likes to pretend that they're so smart, if you guys went to the bookstore and one after another kept asking for this book called I Libertine, and he made up the whole backstory. It's by a guy named Frederick Ewing, and or Ewing, and he's from the 1600s or 1700s, and he's, uh, you know, just living living this libertine lifestyle, and um, and. So they did. So people started going there. And the bookstore, you know, at first, the bookstores were like, we've never heard of this. It's not on the list. And then they started calling publishers, and the publishers were, like, scrambling to find this thing. And then, like, professors started acting like they knew what they were talking about. Like, oh, yes, it's about time people discovered Ewing. And <laughs> and then it, like, spiraled out from there. It was like, oh, yes, I was having dinner with Frederick Ewing, which is impossible because he was supposed to be from the 1600s. Wow. And it just... Yes. So it was just like the social experiment that just went to show like people will just like book clubs, like these ladies, one, one listener to the show would be like, um, Hey, have you read, you know, I Libertine? And the ladies were like, Oh yes, I heard about that. I didn't care for it much. So (laughs) that's crazy. Yeah. It just goes to show nobody cares about the truth. They just care about making themselves look good. Right. And just, um, was the book ultimately published? Because I'm seeing information here about a book that was published. Uh, in the... It was. It got to be so big, and eventually one journalist went on a hunt to find out what was really going on, and he discovered. He eventually discovered that it was a radio 
host who basically played a prank on society. And the radio host got a book deal with a publisher to actually make basically a spoof book. I I think it was filled with like puns and inside jokes and things like that. I wonder if he made a lot of money off of it too, since (laughs) people would just buy it thinking it was a real book. Amazing. Allegedly he did make money, but like he donated it to charity. So that Mm -hmm. was the happy ending. Wow, cool. I had not known about that story. That's very interesting. Anything else you want to share tonight, Olivia? Um, I think that's good for me. All right. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. The number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. So That reminds me of the radio guy who started talking about aliens invading and people started thinking it was a real news broadcast. War of the Worlds. Yeah, he was reading War of the Worlds. Uh, which, of course, is a real book by H.G. Yeah. Wells, if I recall correctly, made into a movie and a TV series in the 1980s. And I don't know how many times that movie has been remade. Re- but, yeah, it's definitely uh, been ma- remade a bunch of times. A number of them. So we are talking about the uh, the, the real potential war of the worlds that uh, is possibly brewing. Hopefully it won't expand beyond where it currently is. Uh, the conflict in Ukraine between the gang of Russia and the gang of Ukraine. And uh, recently, the very same goon from Ukraine, uh, Mikhailo Fedorov, who had requested that Bitcoin exchanges take Russian clients off their exchanges, just basically freeze their accounts or ban them entirely, and many exchanges have also said no uh, to that request. The very same goon is uh, the quote-unquote prime minister or vice prime minister and minister of digital transformation, whatever that means. Uh, he's the one who is requesting to ICANN, which is the Internet Corporation for Assigned Names and Numbers, to revoke uh, Russian domain names such as .ru uh, in a letter to ICANN, which is apparently based in California, to, quote, revoke permanently or temporarily the Russian or the domain names .ru, .p, and then some Russian character, and .su. This list is not exhaustive and may include other domains issued in the Russian Federation. But luckily, ICANN chose not to do that. So .ru and the others will continue. But the next step, apparently, the next request or demand is to what they call Internet backbone providers. These are the people that provide, like, the big trunks of data that go from city to city. uh, And these are the things that your local uh, cable modem connections and stuff are carried over, as I understand it. They want to cut them off next. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com it's free talk live and you can join us here the number 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 ian bonnie and chris in the studio here tonight and I want to say thanks to Scott Hughes, who is a Free Talk Live supporter of our AMPS program over on Patreon. You can join that as well. Just go to amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. And again, uh, Scott Hughes, thanks for supporting us via the gold level, which is at least 10 bucks a month uh, to help us advertise, market, promote, and support Free Talk Live 
We can get on more radio stations. We've got over 190 great radio stations across the country. I heard a rumor today that we might be getting a couple more uh, very, very soon. So as that uh, develops, we will let you know where and who or what. Uh, But meanwhile, thanks to listeners like Scott for helping us out and helping make this show possible at amps.freetalklive.com. Thankfully, uh, our website has not been taken down. The domain yeah. <laughs> name has not been taken down. However, uh, you know we do have a .com domain, and, and that means that if the federal government wanted to come in, swoop in, and and knock that thing out, they very well could if they wanted to. And so, before we get into the uh, the next issue, which is Russia's internet access itself potentially or actually being taken down, uh, we can get into that. I just wanted to ask you, Chris, as uh, you know, the resident tech expert, if you will. You host your own uh, tech talk show, freedom-oriented tech show. It's called Freedom Decrypted at freedomdecrypted.com. That's right. Uh, it's a weekly show. You can check him out on Saturday afternoon. You're going to do your show this week? Yeah, I'll, I'll be doing it tomorrow, uh, Saturday. So you cover a lot of stuff uh, there in, in more, you know, greater tech detail than we're going to get into. Like, we don't go too far into the weeds on this show. Yeah, we definitely uh, go a little bit more into the weeds in this show. Yeah. Not too much more, but a little bit more for sure. So I, I just want to know, I, I know, for instance, that there have been, like, quote-unquote decentralized domain name system alternatives for the last decade there was something called yeah. namecoin which was an early cryptocurrency that uh that's actually decentralized as well as just an alternative domain that's name what system. i said de- decentralized yeah. domain name systems there's another one called unstoppable domains that does uh, like a, i forget what they're selling i forget what the dot extension is there but yeah each of these things I've looked into them to some extent. They always involve you have to get like a special browser plug-in and there's no real like simple plug and play solution for this stuff. It, yeah. <laughs> what what is is Tor the best option right Honestly, now? Honestly, if I was going to set up a website uh that was uncensorable, it would definitely be over Tor. Mm-hmm. Um the alternative domain name systems are you know, it's 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 one of these things where if you really wanted it to work, it needs to be integrated at either the OS level or at least the browser, mm-hmm. um, you know, at least the browser level because, you know, that, you know, the browsers that people are already using because otherwise you ain't going to get much traffic if you start linking to it. Right. You know, from the you know other websites that are on the normal Internet. Um, so, yeah, I mean, right now, uh, Tor is definitely the number one as far as having uh tor does have its own dns system sort of they're called onions right and you can't put a dot onion into a normal browser you right. have to have the tor browser right. for that and there are already i mean i don't know how many onion sites but there's a lot of there's them. a lot and yeah. a lot of current dot so. com sites have an alternative onion version as well that's right um and Getting onto Tor is pretty easy. It's as simple it as downloading the Tor browser and running it. It is basically. It's it's not you know, and unfortunately, it's not it's not quite as easy as it ought to be. In that there is no, there are like you kind of have to once you get on to the once you have the Tor browser downloaded, it will let you access the normal internet. But correct. Where do you go to find onion sites, right? Okay, and that's, that's where I ran into a the, problem. Right, <laughs> that's always the biggest question because one of the one of the problems is you. Well, can't, you can put it right at the top of your website. You can say this is our tour. 
Uh, you can, um, but Tor Onion sites, they don't have simple domain names. No, that's it's, the downside of it, it. So I can't even easily advertise it like on the radio if I wanted yeah, it's to. Like, or... Some of them I've seen, they get the first few letters are are memorable somehow. I don't know how they register these things or how that how they're yep. issued or whatever, but like they might have the first five or six or whatever yeah, letters. They're, they're actually generated, interestingly enough. And so. then it's like AQ27. It's just complete random gibberish right. numbers and letters. So. <laughs> When I was like in high school, I was tell- telling my little sister, oh, there's this thing called the dark web and you can, you know, look at illegal things on it. Let's download it. So I downloaded the, the Tor browser and then we we're like, what would we want to look at that's legal? Obviously, we don't want to look at like, I don't know, Hitman or something like that. Well, so we, before, well, we- you go on, before you go on, <laughs> the, the purpose of the dark web isn't per se to do illegal things. There but are places. This was in me in high school. Yeah. I'm just, I just, I'm just yeah. saying. The sort of the standard um, reason to use this is in some places it's illegal to like say bad things about the government or whatever, right? Yes, but in in high school we thought, oh, you can look at drugs or something, but we didn't want to get in trouble. So what we were doing was we're like, oh, well, maybe there's like animals like pets that you can buy in other countries that you're not allowed to buy in america let's see if there's a website for that we googled something like exotic pets and then we were just on a regular website thinking we're on the dark Mm. web and we're like wow you can have a i don't know (laughs) a a, tiger yeah a tiger for a pet this is so cool the dark web and then later i was like wait let me check if it pops up on like chrome and it did and Mm. i was like oh yeah. So, so yeah, why isn't it easy to just Google these things? So, so I Once do have to. I do have to make one comment about this whole dark web. So Tor isn't the dark web. <laughs> Tor is. Um, Tor allows you to. Uh, That's the onion router. Yeah, you can route any kind of web service, or, or not just web, but any kind of protocol, right? The, yeah. Effectively, the dark web is like kind of anything that you can't find using a normal search engine. So, mm-hmm. and certainly sites uh, that you access through Tor, uh, at least Onion sites, and that maybe, you know, constitute that's part of the dark web. web. But that's like Tor itself is just an anonymization tool, sort Correct. of. So, anyway. Um, you can run other things over Tor, right? So, we're talking about websites. Yeah. That's the dark web. But you can also run a Bitcoin client. Right, exactly. Uh, you could run a chat client or whatever else. Yep. Um, but it gets a little more complicated and, to do that. Right. And there's also other uh, systems that are not Tor that are similar anonymous systems. So, and that would also, you know, those would also be part of like the dark web. So, anyway, I just, just a little, little, little nitpick there. That Let I me have. ask you this uh, Eagle Die Flesh Curse in our DLive chat says open nic is still a thing just change your dns he says but pretty much no adoption for it do you know what he's referring to yeah, i believe that's NIC? an alternative domain name system um well, there's a bunch of those yeah right? yeah there are and um most of them have kind of failed or fizzled out or never really got any adoption um mm-hmm. i mean you kind of have to have you know you kind of have to have like people using it and it's, it's a chicken and egg kind of problem right it's now, like, when you say it's an alter- when you mean alternative there's still serving the standard domain name uh, phone book it's just they're not censoring it is the claim right i think no i think you can actually register a domain name like dot i don't know i'm trying to think of one that doesn't actually exist like dot cyc or something oh, like that really? say. um cyc doesn't actually exist but it does with their with their domain system. name system oh, so interesting. you have to either install a plugin or install mm-hmm. something and then all of a sudden you can you can access these sites that, with this dot cyc extension mm-hmm. that otherwise you wouldn't be able to access oh that's interesting so, okay yeah but um like i said of course there's no privacy there it's not tor no, or it's not tor there's no privacy it's just an alternative system Mm -hmm. um it's yeah and and something like that isn't going to be indexed by google so you're never going to find a dot x uh or cyc you know uh, content that's 
that's at a domain name with a .cyc extension, you'll never find because unless Google started indexing, which they won't, and, and adding yeah. that DNS alternative DNS system to their own indexer, yeah, it would right. never happen. And Google runs so, their own uh, DNS servers anyway. That you can play. They do, can but it's into. all part of the uh, the whole ICANN system. Right. So unless yeah. it's part of ICANN, you, which they're not going to break away. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Google's part of the you system. Can, they're not the alternative. And, and here's the thing: you can find the links to you know uh, domains that are on this alternative DNS on the internet, like on the normal internet. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, the sites themselves won't be indexed in a search right. engine. So, yeah. Um, and then the same thing with Tor. Like you might find a .onion URL listed somewhere, but Google is not indexing. So it won't come it up can. with pages, yeah. you know, from those onion sites. But there themselves. are dark web search engines. Those there, do exist. There are, but there you are. have to get on to the dark web first. Get get to that search. Somebody engine. tell me how to get on the dark and, web. And the, and the question Download is, the Tor can anybody name a dark web search engine or a, a, a Tor search engine? Uh, offhand, yes. If it still exists, I don't know. But it was called Grams, and it would search all the dark uh, darknet marketplaces. Okay, <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> I was trying to think of one myself, and I'm uh, at a loss. There's at the moment, more so. coming up here. You can join us here on Free Talk Live. Phones are open here. You can join us at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, you've got Ian. And Bonnie. And Chris. Uh, phones are open. By the way, the uh, People's Convoy is still rolling. Tonight is their last night prior to arriving in Washington, D.C. tomorrow. It's a shame I'm not going to be on the show tomorrow night. Uh, Captain Kickass will be heading things up. Uh, tomorrow, we're you and I, Bonnie, are going down to the Liberty Forum, so we won't be able to be on the air. Uh, I personally will not be able to be on the air, but what, the show will be live on Saturday night. I, I can't guarantee you the captain's going to get into coverage of the, the People's Convoy. I hope he does, though. I, I will certainly suggest it to him because this thing looks like it's going to be a big deal. There are a lot of trucks, a lot of people uh, that are together, that have come from all across the country, and they're planning on hitting D.C. next uh, tomorrow. You know what's really weird about the date to me? Um, remember last year, Q went on was saying that Trump was going to retake the office on March 5th. Oh, were they saying that? Remember? I, I, they kept changing the date. That they Trump changed was the date a lot, but it started off March 5th. Okay, no, I didn't, so, didn't remember that. It's just weird. Yeah, that just happens to be when they're uh, coalescing uh, around the Beltway and what they're gonna do isn't really clear are they gonna do a polish roadblock around the beltway and slow uh, slow traffic down are they planning oh on- man that is already so slow. i don't know if you could slow, <laughs> slow it, down it anymore, anymore. <laughs> are they gonna go into the city are they gonna do more than one approach it's uh, it's hard to say what the plan is and what the federal government gang's response will be we're definitely going to keep an eye on it as it develops will it last three weeks as it did in ottawa uh the first freedom convoy and they're back now uh, who's back in ottawa there are some i believe protesters on foot out in front of parliament yeah. but it's my understanding that the, so the protesters are i didn't back. mean the trucks yeah, yeah uh so we'll see how it goes we'll keep you in the loop here as uh, as we learn more about that but you can go to thepeoplesconvoy.org to learn more about what's going on they link you over to a facebook group unfortunately that's the only place you can get any kind of regularly updated content for it which is sad but it'll be interesting to see how the u.s government responds that's what i'm saying yeah Yeah. it'll be uh i suspect very different than how the canadian government did but uh we've got more to say about what's happening with the russian internet 
censorship, internet takedown, not just censorship. They tried to censor Russian uh, .ru domain names. ICANN thankfully made the right decision to stay neutral on this issue and allow those domain names to continue. Uh, But now tell me, Chris, what the next dirty step is here. Yeah, so the second largest... uh, I I don't want to call them an internet provider, um, but basically... There are companies out there, there's there's like seven or eight of them, that basically connect the world. Uh, to How the, many? Seven, I think it's like seven or eight. Seven or eight, okay. Um, and they basically, they're, they're big companies, like AT&T, for example. Um, and it's, you know, you don't get service with, a, you know, your average person doesn't get service with, I mean, well, maybe they deal with AT&T, but they don't, you've never heard of Cogen, right? So you don't get service. I've with, heard of them, but the well, average person hasn't. <laughs> your average person doesn't get service with Cogen, right? They get service with like Comcast yeah. or they get service with AT&T. Or they and get Comcast service. is buying from Cogen. Right, right, exactly. So, and, and it, it, so Comcast buys a huge pipe, basically, with a huge amount of bandwidth from Cogen, and then they resell that with to their customers yeah. is it a literal load. pipe it's probably fiber <laughs> optics would be my guess what yeah. do they usually use do you know yeah it's fiber optics yeah. um yeah basically uh yeah so basically what what happens is um there are you know your local service provider you know which are like the comcast and at and right. of the world and then there's these backbone providers that connect uh you know city to city and country to country and cogent is is one of these you know big companies that are kind of these back Bone providers between before you go on between big cities you know between atlanta and uh, new york or or whatever how many of these providers will be operating is it one or two three it's it's not like five it's right you know it's a good question so it depends on the country mm-hmm. and it might be that you have seven or eight of them mm-hmm. like all converging in new york for example um but that doesn't necessarily mean that you know like a country like kazakhstan has more than one or two mm-hmm. um they might have one or one or two like connecting the country and then you know because again because it's you know maybe it's a small country or you know if it's again it depends on the country and like a country the size of the united states and and the population you know you got 320 million you're gonna have a lot more of these you know just companies you know providing service to any given area so anyway so yeah so i don't know and this is the thing uh russia has i i want to say they have like uh, maybe a hundred and like 80 million people i think something like that if i recall correctly um i think uh like the soviet union because it had all those other like countries uh it had closer to what the united states has in terms of population like Mm. something closer to 300 million um so i would imagine that there probably are a lot of backbone providers so this is just one of them but by a lot i mean like you know maybe five six seven eight something like that um but when you cut out an eighth of a country's connectivity that's going to and this is the second largest provider so they might mm-hmm. have more connectivity than say some of the other backbone providers possibly so right. this could have a massive effect on like the speed so it won't it won't cut off you know everybody's internet connection necessarily but it could cause a slowdown a massive slowdown to russia basically either connecting to a site that's hosted in russia or russians connecting to a site that's hosted outside of russia mm-hmm. so so yeah, the title of the story. So this story is actually coming from uh, Reuters. It looks like it's U.S. firm Cogent cutting internet service to Russia. 
So U.S. firm Cogent Communications was cutting internet service to Russian clients. Cogent CEO David Schaefer said on Friday, Schaefer said some Russian clients had asked for extensions and that Cogent was trying to accommodate them, which is kind of funny considering they're also trying to cut them off. Cogent, which is based in Washington, is part of the network that allows data to flow through the guts of the internet. It's the second largest carrier out of Russia, Schaefer said. A long list of companies of every stripe has stopped doing business with Russia in the wake of its invasion of Ukraine, which has left hundreds dead and sent, spent, uh, sent more than one million refugees into neighboring countries. Russia calls its actions in Ukraine a special operation. <laughs> yeah, you can say that again. Schaefer said Cogent took the steps at least partially because the company did not want to be used for outbound cyber attacks or disinformation. Ridiculous. Which which I think is absolutely All of a sudden insane. now they're concerned about that. Yeah. And, Are they cyber attacking Russians doing this? Here's the thing. Here's the thing that people have to remember. First of all, Cogent is a backbone provider. They're not like... Yeah. like <laughs> You, they, they don't filter con- the content. Right. They're not the guys who are doing the filtering, generally speaking. They're the guys who are providing connectivity to other ISPs. And those, if, if somebody's going to be censoring something or cutting something off, it's going to be the local ISP. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes no sense for the backbone provider to cut you know, start cutting things off. If you start cutting right. things off, you actually undermine like the functioning of the internet, which will affect everybody. Right. Yeah. They don't care about the hackers in every other country of the world because there's plenty of them. Right. But it, the it, Russian hackers it now. It doesn't actually stop these types of attacks because the attacks, even if they're originating out of Russia, they still have internet access and they just have to connect to servers outside of Russia. And a lot of these systems are taken over by hackers. So they're still going to be using cogent, you know, internet uh, backbone anyway through other ISPs in other countries to do the attacking. Right. So this this whole argument unless every single backbone provider servicing Russia shuts down. Right, exactly. That's exactly what would have but to happen. But why would they? Because and, somebody wants to make some money, yeah. right? And even if that did happen, that doesn't necessarily mean that hackers in Russia would be completely cut off from the internet anyway. Um, just because there are other means of connecting to the internet, right? Like if you go into the Amazon, you know, there's no internet provider providing service to you, but mm-hmm. there are satellites, there sure. are other uh, means of connectivity, there are things like um, shortwave radios, and just there's well, the whole point is basically there's other means of. No, that would that would be God, very slow. Wave would be but, br- brutally slow. But it would be. But the point is, they actually do have. Uh, there are means of doing like digital electronic, sure. uh, digital communications over. But here's those my types question: that the first thing that comes to mind here is these companies. I mean, like you're saying, this isn't for the average user. This is for an internet service provider. Their clients are internet right. service providers, and when you get into a business level, service level agreement with one of these companies. They're guaranteeing some level of service, probably oh, yeah. to the point of ninety nine point nine 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 nine, yeah. repeating nine uh-huh. percent of the time. And yep. now they're saying, "Oh, well, we're just going to shut down." Uh, do their contracts allow them to no. do that? Uh-uh, mm-hmm. Probably not. Um, it, you know, there is actually so there might be a term in the. Con- I know this is the case in some instances with some companies with some like industries. Um, like I think like shipping maybe. Um, like but- acts of God. 
yeah, it's sort of like an act of God, but there's also a provision for, for situations where, yeah, war or something but of that But that's nature. when the bombs go off and destroy your backbone, right? Not just because you feel like it. Yeah, and or maybe... Um, Are you picking a side in the war? Yeah, yeah. If, if you're... There's also, like, if, if there's a government blockades or you, you get ordered to by government But that's not anything. happening. Not in this case, right. There's so. more coming up. It sounds to me like those Russian ISPs have themselves a lawsuit that they can bring against this company. It, it would seem that way. Uh, there's more coming up here. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Phones are open here. You can join us at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. As a few hundred people are preparing to get together this weekend in Manchester, New Hampshire, at a sold-out Liberty Forum event, which I believe may be the first time since Ron Paul spoke in like 2009 or 2008, I forget exactly what year. It was one of those years. I uh, I am absolutely shocked at the size of Liberty Forum this year. Yeah, because it was down like there just a couple years ago. It was really hurting. The as far last as time I went, I think there weren't more than 100 people. Yeah, it uh, it had a real dip um, right before the COVID thing, yeah. and then now people actually are really serious about migrating for liberty, migrating for more freedom. That's why the Porcupine Freedom Festival sold out for the first time ever last year, and I believe this is the first sellout in many, many years for the Liberty Forum event uh, yeah, this and year. So. I don't know with certainty, but is this, do you guys know for sure, is this the largest Liberty Forum uh, that they've had? Because... No, the number of people is a lot more than I have ever recalled. Because I think when I went at like what I thought, well, I don't know if it was at a height, but I think it was like maybe two hundred or two fifty or something like that. This is three hundred and fifty. This year is the number of adult tickets that have been sold. There's more like child's tickets or whatever. So call it four hundred roughly total. And I don't know if that includes the guest speakers. Okay, so. Sure. Around 350, 400 probably going to be accurate. The one where Ron Paul spoke was probably 800 or something wow. like that. So, oh, wow. Did you go? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, oh. I, was, uh, I was at that one. Um, but that was at a much bigger facility. So they've scaled the event. They had to scale the event down because it was having you know a real um, attendance <laughs> issue for a couple of years. Yep. And so they're they're still in the smaller facility, but now they've sold out that smaller facility. So it is going to be the biggest Liberty Forum in many years. Yeah, I mean, so. if they organize, and one of the some of the issues that like I had in some of the past years is it just wasn't really well organized. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
I, I, I think uh, I think last year or whatever the last Liberty Forum was, I didn't exactly go, but I kind of peeked my head in because I was going to another uh, event called Alt Expo mm-hmm. uh, that was hosted at the same. That'll be there place. this year. It's there every year. Yeah, it is. And it's it's always hosted like at the same venue, roughly more right. or less. And um, I I poked my head in, and I was actually really impressed with how packed it was. Now it was probably a smaller space, um, but it it definitely looked like it was way better uh, attended than than like the last couple of of Liberty Forums I had attended prior to that. What's Alt Expo? Uh, Alternatives Expo. It is something that was founded, I believe, at the very first Liberty Forum. Uh, because Jack Shimmick, who I don't know if you if you know Jack, but you met him today. He was the guy sweeping the dirt outside oh, of the yeah, party we yeah. went to. Um, he's the creator of Alt uh, Expo, and basically, Jack wanted to hear certain topics discussed at Liberty Forum, and they wouldn't put it on. They wouldn't put those topics on the official agenda. Hmm. Um, maybe because they didn't think it would be well attended, or whatever their reasons. So too, too it's kooky. the Fork Fest. Yeah, basically. Of Liberty Forum? Yeah, you can look at it that way. Uh, it, it was Forkfest before Forkfest even was conceived of. Yeah. Uh, and so they, what they did the first year of Liberty Forum was they rented a hotel room in the hotel that Liberty Forum was, was happening. And they said, all right, well, they passed out flyers and said, <laughs> okay, well, if you want to see a speech about uh, canning food or if you want to see a speech about, you know, some you know alternative uh, belief system or whatever i don't i don't know well, offhand what they would have been but i will say that they're come on up I, yeah there's um there's been some interesting content at alt expo and then there's been some really cringy content if you ask me at alt expo <laughs> yeah well it's, so it's it, you're gonna get the obscure it's, stuff yeah it's it's a mix it's a, it's a very much a mix of like yeah i don't want to be caught dead with those people but woo-woo it's stuff? also got some good there's stuff some too woo-woo, woo-woo stuff at uh, at alt expo for sure um, I don't know what their schedule is going to be this year. I don't know if they've announced it at this point. They used to have a website, but I don't. It doesn't I look like it's online. I don't think so because they don't get the number for the room until like they check in. So I don't. Well, think they can still come up with a schedule. They just wouldn't be able to announce. Okay, where fair enough. It is fair enough. Um, but uh, you know, they that's one of those things that free staters are great about is if if somebody's doing it wrong in their estimation, they just go ahead and start doing it the way they think it should be done right. and create the alternative. Basically, I, this is one of the thing I love uh, things. I I love about this community it's we we are kind of one community but we also are so di- di- we're diversified but we're also um decentralized in a sense like mm-hmm. you can't if you were to come in and try and take people out like to take down the movement it just wouldn't work because there's so many different leaders and people doing different things and sure we go and we we might show up to the state house you know kind of as a large group from all those different groups but you know, there's not like one or there's not a hierarchy, you know? So, yeah. Um, looking forward to the Liberty Forum this uh, weekend. But if you're not able to make it out, if you don't have your ticket already, I don't know. Maybe you can get somebody. Maybe somebody's scalping them online. <laughs> maybe you can still get one. Uh, but it's officially a sold out event. So if you if you just show up, you're probably not going to. Not gonna be able to get in. You know what uh, you should but, be thinking about is uh, this summer Porkfest right. and Forkfest. That's what I was gonna mention. Yeah. Is uh, Forkfest <laughs> is coming up, and the odds that Forkfest is going to sell out very very low uh, because it's a newer event. It's Absolutely. only in its only in its sixth year, and it follows the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Uh, it's kind of like almost like an after party for uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. A little bit more of a laid back experience more focused on open source the doers the people that want to create things because there's not a centralized 
protocol to follow. There's not some sort of central authority saying this will be the schedule. There is nothing like that. It's just all a bunch of individuals coming to a campground for a week from June 27th through July 3rd at Rogers Campground, the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. And what they create is what there is. So if there's somebody that wants to cook, I bet you they're going to sell some food. Yeah. Uh, if there's somebody that wants to have a poker game, they need to bring a poker table and the cards, right? Yeah. So, like, you got to create the thing that you want to see happen. Or if you just want to kick back at a campsite and enjoy sitting around a campfire with some freedom lovers, you can do that, too. Uh, come on up to uh, go to ForkFest.Party. That's the unofficial website. The whole thing is unofficial because there's no tickets. You don't have to buy a ticket for a ForkFest. I feel like there will definitely be some kind of karaoke at... Pork fest, so I definitely want to make my own karaoke at Fork Fest. That can be done. Yeah, um, it, it's it's uh, I've I've heard it described as kind of the old uh, the old style porcupine freedom festival uh, Fork Fest, and and I think yeah. the reason for that is is it's it's not this structured event like the porcupine freedom festival has become now to be fair much uh, unstructured the porcupine freedom festival has moved in a more unstructured direction in recent years this is true and that is one reason why that event is now a sellout whereas it also was struggling for a few years as well but they went in a more unsupervised unstructured direction there still is like a structured main stage at pork fest but now there's all these uh sort of hubs as they call it for different interests that are all around the park and that worked out very well for them last year and they're going to bring that back this year so i you know you know what i think if i well i i i would say that i'm planning to attend both the pokemon Freedom festival too. and fork fest both events hopefully the entire two weeks however i know most people probably can't take off two weeks sure what i would do is i would tell people i would suggest people come to the tail end of the porcupine freedom festival so and the then weekend stay, of pork fest yeah, and then stay for fork fest sort of the after party mm-hmm. so do it like a 10 day yeah, something like mm-hmm. you know, something like that. Um, is I I think that's probably the best way to you know get to know people and experience, uh, you know, New Hampshire basically and what it's like to be among other liberty-minded people. Um, you'll probably also end up being around more new people from New Hampshire. I think if you attend Fork Fest than if you just attend the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Hmm. And this is one of the complaints I had, you know, about last year's event. There were a lot of people, but. There wasn't as much interaction between people from outside New Hampshire and Which inside event? New Hampshire. The Pokemon Freedom Festival. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't, well, so you were not able to make that, no. I believe. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was kind of it was kind of disappointing. There was just so many people there, but it was like we need more interaction, right? Like if you come up, how could there not be interaction with three thousand people in a park? People uh, just weren't walking around. People they were, were sticking to their groups. Yeah, they were just sticking to their little mm. their little groups, their little areas, and it, it was it was. I mean, it, there was some, but it wasn't anywhere near like what it was, you know, in two thousand. I, I question your experience. It's probably not the typical. Uh, attendees experience. Uh, this is not just me saying this. There's, okay. there's a lot of people saying this. 603-283-6160 is the number here. I mean, if you don't socialize, it's really your fault, ultimately. Uh, you know, you've got thousands of people around people you. Around. How, how yeah, do you get idea. thousands of people to socialize more? Uh, walk up and say hello. Uh, there's more coming up here. You can join us. It's Free Talk Live. Talk live, phones open. You can join us here. The number is 603 283 6160. That's 603 283 6160. 
And in the studio here tonight, you've got Ian. And Bonnie. And Chris. More about the various different censorships regarding Russia and coming from Russia, by the way. The the censorship (laughs) road works both ways. We'll talk about what the Russian state gang is doing to their people uh, coming up here. But uh, there's also your calls and thoughts. We're going to go to Sarah listening in New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Bonnie, and Chris. So I've been hearing there's uh, people from Crimea busting into Ukraine in support of the Russians. Um, So are they soldiers in helping out the Russians or... What the what they're saying here is that it's just staged. They're just rounding up people pretending to be in support of the Russians. So I wonder how true who's is rounding that? up what people? Sorry, I'm not clear on what well, you're saying. Okay, what they're saying is that well, the the news that I'm getting here is that they want to show that there's people from Crimea that that are in support of the Russians and they're mm-hmm. being bust into Ukraine I, and then. Obviously, Why would they do that? Why I mean, didn't Crimea already leave Ukraine to join the Russians? Maybe I'm no. What she's saying um, kind of makes sense. Is, is it would be Russian propaganda, probably. Well, I just can't find any about anything about it while googling. I googled Crimea people yeah, supporting Russians on the radio news. So you know, again, you know, as far as propaganda goes, it depends on who twists it and how they twist it to whether whatever their advantage. So what you what, okay, Crimea? I so they did join Russia. Uh, is that what happens? So obviously they are um, like communist uh, uh, Russians. No wonder they're being busted. And, and I'm wondering if they're like soldiers from uh, Belarus. That's what I'm thinking. But well, these are once again, you are, are always wildly speculating, Sarah, about what's going on in the world with. Very little information to actually back it up. Yeah, yeah but the, what the news that they're saying is that they're just staged. These are not real people that support the Russians. They're just the Russians I mean, are sending them in. Sir, and, and I'm believing that they're lying. There's there is propaganda on both sides of they're this. They're all lying. Yeah, Sarah. I mean, it's it's hard to know what to believe. You know, it's it's not like it's beyond belief that there are Russians that are pro-Ukrainian or, or pro-Russian, but there's also possi- there's also likely possibility of there being Ukrainians who are pro-Russian too, right? And pro-Ukrainian, right? So it's yeah. you know. Uh, so according to Wikipedia, in 2014, Vladimir Putin stated to colleagues that they quote, "We must start working on returning Crimea to Russia." Within days, unmarked forces with local militias took over the autonomous Republic of Crimea and Sevastopol, as well as occupying several localities, uh, which is geographically a part of, they mentioned where, uh, geographically part of Crimea. In 2014, a referendum on merging Crimea with Russia was supported by 96.7% of voters, with an alleged 83.1% turnout, although, of course, it was boycotted by many who were loyal to Ukraine and denounced as illegitimate by Western governments. So if you believe the Russian side, then Crimea's people voted to rejoin Russia, to leave Ukraine and join Russia in 2014. Why would those people, (laughs) believing that they are a part of Russia, go into a war zone on their own volition just to, you know, act like they live in Crimea. I don't understand what you're even saying here. Well, that, that was what I now. So they did bust in in support of the Russians, probably to fight with for the Russian side. That's what it's going. And that, I'm only getting bits and pieces of the, 
the news. And so, you know, something, uh, the thing is, you know, it's not the, news, it's propaganda. <laughs> okay, so they think that they're independent, the, the, the free, the, they're getting railroaded, they have to quit in Russia. But do you think I could have a socialist communist Who radio can quit show? in Russia? What are you saying? Who, who can quit? In well, Russia. I mean, the, the ABC and the, there was a news independent there. They're going to go get put in jail for 15, 16 years. So they all walked out the last show. But I don't even know the, what you the, just I don't know the words that came out. What are you trying to say? Did any of you understand what she just said? Not a clue. <laughs> OK, I'm just making sure okay, it's there, not there me. There was a network in Russia and then they had to shut down. Now they're playing like oh, Russia today. Yeah. The, and then plus we the ABC had a network in Russia. They'll okay. be all shut down because they're going to be put in jail in 16 years. But Wait. what I'm saying is that the, the she news She doesn't know here, what she's talking about. Are you referring to the liberal radio station and the liberal television station in Rain? Russia? One of them is called Rain TV. Uh, the other one, I uh, don't remember offhand, like a Moscow something or other. Uh, Echo Moscow, I think it was, the radio station. Are you, yeah, are you referring right, to that? Right. I, I think so. Those, those guys, that, that sounds about right. Okay, well, I haven't heard anything about them being charged criminally. I've just heard they've been told... No, no, if, if they, in other words, if they oppose the Russian war, how horrible and demonic Putin is or whatever, they'll get put in jail. Okay, so, I mean, that so could, that could be. That, um, I don't know, but uh, the story we read the other night uh, was just saying that the regulator there, their equivalent of the FCC, was restricting their broadcasts in some way. So. Yeah, I mean, this is not something that's even all that new. They've been doing this. They've been shutting down independent media outlets in Russia for, a for long time. years and years and years now. So, But the, uh, the response from the people that were running the radio station and the TV station that are being targeted is they intend to sue so they're not responding from inside a jail cell. If if charges are coming, we haven't heard anything and about they said that the, yet. The, um, it goes against their Russian constitution. That's what they said. What the yeah. Russians are doing. So they um, said I that it's question. illegal to shut down their radio stations. I have a question for Sarah. Oh, she's still here. Go ahead. Yes. Um, what yeah. do you think about the Russians who are standing up and going to jail because they're against the war and uh, saying that they don't want to go to war with... Ukraine, what do you think about that since you think that the Russians are all secret communists who want to take over Ukraine? You know, but I, why do you guys, okay, those people, I think that the soldier that called in, he said all of the Russians, I don't agree with that. There's some, maybe yeah. 3 to 5%. And then he, they are operating of selfish selfish interests. They probably are capitalists. Do you think that all people uh, who are anti-war are selfish? No, but in that predicament, but my view is they are selfish, like that soldier said. They you're pro-war, right? You like it when people go and die. Capitalists. For, you're selfish because you don't want to kill people. You're pro-war, right? Take over a country. Sarah, wouldn't that describe no. you accurately? Pro-war. Well, if they're fighting for welfare, disability, and free health care, they never okay said they were doing that. It's justified war. That's what the yeah. Bonnie's right. They didn't say for. that. That first of all, Putin's not a communist. Uh, and secondly, that's not what they're fighting for. They're fighting for territory. That's the official reason for this. Now, Putin is saying that, oh, we're defending these independent nations uh, of Luhansk and Donetsk, but the reality is he's invading the entire country, and allegedly, they say, targeting military targets. The West me- Western media is saying, no, they're they're shooting at neighborhoods. I know one thing's for sure. The um, orphanage that my little brother was adopted from has been damaged now, uh, and that's that's for sure. The people are still in contact with my parents, so like that's that's, that's a place that's Kharkiv. not a, in Kharkiv, and it's not a you know 
military target. No. Uh, Sarah, as usual, your calls bring zero clarity and make things even more confusing. Thank you for the call. The number here is 603-283-6160. You can bring up whatever's on your mind here. We don't claim to know how many, you know, what percentage of Russians are anti-war. I suspect it's a lot more than the numbers that are showing up at the protests because most of them probably don't want to get rounded up and thrown into a gulag. Uh, More on the way here. This is Free Talk Live. Join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 27th through July 3rd for the 6th Annual Fork Fest at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. Fork Fest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which sold out for the first time in 2021. Fork Fest takes place the week after Pork Fest, but Fork Fest is decentralized, which means that there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you have to do to join the fun is reserve your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 27th through July 3rd. There's no better place to celebrate Independence Day than around other freedom-loving activists in the Shire. You can find out more at the unofficial website, forkfest.party. You can also connect with other attendees on the ForkFest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms, as well as the ForkFest forum. You can find links to those at forkfest.party. We hope to see you there. Forkfest.party. Free Talk Live. Phones open here. You can join the show. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, you've got Ian. And Bonnie. And Chris. You can join us online. We have our social media platform. It is a Mastodon system, and that means it is open source. It's self-hosted. Self-hosted means we run the server, not Twitter or Facebook or one of these other evil big tech corporations. You've got way more freedom to express yourself if you are over on our site, social.freetalklive.com. We go back to your phone calls and thoughts. Dave Ridley is calling from Colorado tonight. Dave uh, from RidleyReport.com. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, yeah, I'm calling you from the uh, Stop the War sign-making party mm-hmm. in Colorado Springs where I'm visiting. And uh, a lady has just sung a beautiful song into my camera i guess she's all out of she's all out of singing it she doesn't want to sing anymore i was gonna have her sing for you oh so there's actually (laughs) people in the united states that are still against wars that's nice to know yeah but she was she was singing a ukrainian song i think i think it was in russian Uh, i don't know where are you right now are you in denver no i'm visiting colorado springs colorado springs okay that's not as large of a town how well attended is this uh, anti-war event well, we're just making signs right now for tomorrow's event. There's oh. About, you know, about five, five of us here making signs. I see. Is and it going to is... be like downtown Colorado Springs? Uh, Yeah. We're, we're, we're Right now we're in South Colorado Springs and the protest is in downtown Colorado Springs. Nice. So these are people yeah. who are not all whipped up into a frenzy like it seems like a large amount of Americans are that uh, want to see – war with russia they want to you know cheer on the conflict uh in ukraine these people are against the war well it's, it's similar to the kind of talk you would have heard if you visited bosnia during the war there uh people want to stop the russians uh there is obviously too many people are being infected with the idea of bombing russia which is uh, i mean obviously we need to stop the war in Ukraine, but we need to do that and have a world after that to repair Ukraine. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm against, that's what I was saying to some of the other 
some of the other folks. Am I the only one who's against this? Uh, but yeah, I mean, most of our signs say stop the war and, and I think I can, I think I can agree with that. Okay, good. Uh, anything else you want to share about the uh, experience? Uh, it's interesting that all the different languages, I, I think everyone in there speaks Spanish. <laughs> like, I, think, I think everybody speaks a little bit of Spanish. And you speak Spanish, of, right? I've been trying, uh, well, uh, yo, yo, uh, yo trato. <laughs> but the, um, but the, uh, uh, what's interesting is that, uh, you know, I, I started learning a little bit of Ukrainian and most of the Ukrainians, uh, who I've met so far in this crisis don't actually speak much Ukrainian. They speak Russian. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. That's what my parents found out too when they went there. Ridley, thanks for the call tonight. Definitely appreciate hearing from you. Let's go on here to Major Payne in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Uh, I just had to have a little fun with Sarah. She's the most misinformed caller I've ever heard. I mean, you talk yes. about uncured chronic. Her papers are not in order. Do not roll that. <laughs> Good advice. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, she was talking about the Russian people being in support of the uh, the war. Mm-hmm. That's what she likes there's, to believe. Yeah, I know, but there's a lot of footage within the first day, two or three. There was protests all over, and heads were getting cracked. Mm-hmm. Yep. Up in the USSR, what she likes to believe is the, still the, the you know Soviet Union, it's Russia. It's not the USSR. Yeah, it's it's hard to so, tell what's propaganda and what's not, but um, it it, it it's not hard to believe that when you're when you're misled about you know, uh, drills and then are basically told to go into Ukraine and, and, and you're not even told that you're invading another country. You know, it, it's hard to believe that there aren't at least some of these soldiers who are like not going to be all in on going to war. Hmm, I don't know about soldiers. I didn't hear anything about soldiers necessarily, but I'm sure you're right um, that at least some of them don't want to go to war. But um, one thing that I just really don't think is faked is pictures of like packed streets that look Russian to me with people holding signs that say no war with Ukraine. Well, and Sarah wants to believe it's three to five percent. She just of made Russians. that up. She's she, completely it making it up. A couple calls ago, she I asked her how many does she think, and she said, "Uh, three to five percent." How do you make that? She just made that up. It's not like she has any intel so here's a little bit of intel now you can put the you can call this into question obviously because it's coming out of russia but at least according to two russian pollsters now they may be biased towards the russian government right keep that in mind but remember sarah said three to five percent of the russian people are against the conflict in ukraine according to the russian pollsters themselves it's more like one third of Russians that are against the uh, the conflict. You know, I have to say, I've I've uh, watched some content from Russia, and I've also watched some watched some content from like the BBC, and and I'm actually, uh, you know, and actually some of the content predates this war, um, but was like really recent, like 2021, mm-hmm. um, and I'm I was actually surprised at like how uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It was like I don't want to say it was honest, but it was like. It was more truthful than you would have expected given the current circumstance. Like they were talking about how part of Russia, you know, like the people did actually uh, support Russia and like how, you know, um, and it's because we we look at like the parts of Russia, like Crimea and and, uh, Eastern um, Ukraine, or I'm sorry. Yeah. Crimea and Eastern Ukraine, um, they are very much pro-Russian in those areas. Yes. Um, Even if the reason 
that even if it wasn't them who rose up, it was still something that was supported, I guess, by the people in those regions. And um, ostensibly, that's uh, what we're to right, believe. Right, right. But this was the BBC saying this, right? Which is what, which kind of made it interesting. Uh, according to the Levada poll taken February 17th through the 21st, 52% of Russians hold a negative view of Ukraine, and I presume that means the Ukrainian government, and only 35% hold a positive view. So, you know, again, Sarah is off by a factor of 10 in her estimates, if you believe these polling numbers from the Russian pollsters. I mean, uh, that's, that's interesting polls. Is this... Is this- are these like these are are these Russian government? These are purportedly polls or? Uh, two pollsters. Uh, it, it I don't know if they're run by the Russian government or what, but there is a third pollster called the Levada Center, which Western experts often cite as more reliable. They have not yet released their data on the topic, okay. but the two pollsters are VTSIOM and FOM, whatever the hell that stands for. I mean, it sounds like like numbers that are believable. That's why yes, I'm just kind of like. I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, go ahead, Major. Sorry. Yeah, do you guys just think north of our border here? All the Canadian broadcasting systems are subsidized by the government. That's right. Uh, what is it? Rebel, Rebel Radio is the only one that's freelance, and it's the only one that's going to tell you any pieces of the truth. Yep. But uh, I've heard snippets of a couple of different Russian soldiers. They they were told that the people are, are going to greet you with open arms, mm. you know. And a, another guy says, I don't know who to shoot. They all look like us. Mm. <laughs> Major, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. The number is 603-283-6160. What were you going to say, Bonnie? I was going to say I Googled it, and this is 2020 numbers. There's 144 million people living in Russia. That's I just correct, don't yeah. know where Sarah would even, you know, get, uh, get 134 in Russia? Wow. 144, 144 million. million. 144 million? That's about what you said earlier. Yeah, in our it's uh, a little bit less than I thought even, actually. Hmm. Uh, we go to Richard. He's in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Richard. Yes, I appreciate you taking my call. Yes, sir. This is for all the people in the United States that are thinking about moving to New Mexico, and more specific, Albuquerque. They have the worst bus system, have to have the worst bus transit system in the whole United States. I've been in quite a few large cities in the United States since 1969, Mm -hmm. and I've never seen a more disorganized run bus system. The state of New Mexico has several offices that are trying to attract tourists and people well richard the reason why governments suck at running buses is because governments suck at everything that they do they're unorganized in general because they're a monopoly and monopolies are known for providing terrible service because there's no way that anyone can compete with a subsidized operation they can't they can't (laughs) run the same service if they're even allowed to yeah if they're even allowed to uh more coming up thanks for the call It's Free Talk Live. Phones are open. You can join the show. The number is 603-283-6160. And you can take control of the airwaves here at 603-283-6160. Ian, Bonnie, and Chris in the studio tonight. And don't forget, you can download archives of the show anytime you want over at freetalklive.com. We got them back for many years. Enjoy them. Uh, they're free. freetalklive.com. 
If you would like, though, you can subscribe to our podcast feeds. Just go to feeds.freetalklive.com. You'll find links to our RSS feeds there. There's one of them that's got all of the stuff that we release, which is the full shows and the digest versions. There's another one that's full shows only. There's another one that's digests only, so you can kind of customize to what it is you want to receive in your favorite podcast client. Head over to feeds.freetalklive.com to get subscribed to Free Talk Live. We go to Rob calling us from Vermont across the river. Rob, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, guys. How are you? What's what's on your mind, Rob? Hey, so we keep hearing a lot of stories coming out of Winchester, New Hampshire, where they've had a, within the last year, what is it, three, four, maybe five different police officers were fired. Really? Uh, They had a hearing I think last week, and the Winchester Select Board was divided two-on-two on on whether to fire the lieutenant in Winchester. Apparently, there was some issues that he had with someone. Uh Uh-oh. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but, uh, yeah, it's like this new chief of police that's coming to town. He's just gun-ho on fire, you know, firing these guys. Apparently, he's... Must be stumbled onto something. Yeah, that's a good question. I I gotta say I have not been paying attention to local corrupt cops news just recently. I mean, I've got my hands full of uh, other things to do. Uh, We know the the so called Lori list came out. You actually called about that, Rob, when that was released. That is a list of corrupt cops uh, across all of New Hampshire, but it's just a just a scratch of the surface. Those are the those are only the the corrupt cops that have made it onto the list. I'd like to think these guys were fired because they were bad. I mean, they're all bad cops, but. I would like to think they were particularly bad cops that were fired for that reason, but I have to wonder if it's not just consolid- somebody trying to consolidate power. Yeah, it's or they crossed somebody. Right? Yeah, like, oh, right, right. Well, you didn't ask. You the didn't chief. blue line enough. Yeah. Or, or you didn't, you know, you didn't ask the chief before you shook down that uh, that person on Main Street or or whatever. I don't know how it all works, right? But there, you know, there's certain lines you don't cross as an officer with the, yep. the brass, and if you cross those lines, then they'll they'll feed you to the wolves. Oh, I actually want to tell Rob. Um, we were at the courthouse maybe five months ago now. I don't even know how long ago. The Keen one? Yeah, me and you, Ian. Okay. We're at the courthouse not too long, or pretty long ago, maybe three months ago. Okay. And um, some people came out, and we were talking to them because we knew them, and they said that they tried to bring up the Lori list because a cop that was, um, you know, a witness against this woman was on the Lori list. They tried to bring that up, and the judge just yelled at them and, and yelled at her lawyer, saying, "I'm not going to admit that in my courtroom. Wow. I'm like, wouldn't let her bring it up at all." The Lori list. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It's just it's a it's a sad state of affairs. I mean, you know, the other thing that I find is troubling is that you know you got a a de- retired detective that works out of the Cheshire County Prosecutor's Office that helps prosecute defendants. Isn't he and, in the AG's working for the AG now? Uh, I'm not. I think he's a county prosecutor. I know he works right out of right out of Keene, out of the Cheshire County, oh. you know, uh, Superior Courthouse. You talking about the, the corrupt? List? You're talking about the corrupt guy that's on uh, the Lori list from the Keene Police. Exactly. Yeah, 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 I heard that story. That's terrible. Yeah. Well, it just it goes to terrible. show that these guys get promoted rather than punished. Yeah, maybe way. these guys who got fired in Winchester are going to get rehired with somewhere else There's, while they're. You know that almost always happens with uh, with these guys. They don't they don't get blacklisted from the profession except on the most rare uh, of circumstances. Rob, thanks for the call and thanks for sharing that with us here tonight. 
Uh, the number again is 603-283-6160. And again, it comes back around to what I was saying about when Richard called in about the crappy bus service in Albuquerque. The same thing's true about the police. You get crappy yeah. service because they're a monopoly. When you protection, yeah. Yeah, they're a, they're a monopoly on uh, violence. They're yeah, a monopoly on protection. It, when you can't fire somebody or you can't you know stop doing business with a company that you know has wronged you yeah they're gonna keep doing it <laughs> why would they do anything Especially different right. helps them out sure uh, they get paid whether or not you like what they did because if you don't pay them then they come and they come after you yeah they use violence to take the money from you in the first place and it's amazing how many people just think that's totally fine oh well that's Crazy. the system that's the price we pay to live in society people- we would have a bad society if we didn't have that racket yeah, people people are brainwashed into this idea that you know police are good, police are who you go to for help, mm-hmm. but they don't. You know, most people don't really have that much experience interacting with law enforcement, no. and especially people you know who are uh, what's the word? They're you know of a certain you know status or statue or whatever, right? People who are you know there, there's certain people who are going to be more negatively impacted and have more interactions with police. You mean poor people? Yeah, because either they're poor or they're they, they, you know they're of color or, or they're a yep. minority of some kind, right. and um, or maybe they're an activist of some kind, mm-hmm. right? And so you know it's unfortunate, but you know most people just they don't they don't understand they don't see what's actually going on because those aren't the stories you know that get out there you know they're it's just not you have a media that is putting in many cases these very people into places of power you know mm-hmm. um they're buddies with you know i mean who, who's getting elected it's the people who are buddies with the uh you know the the people at the media it's like the classic idea that there can be a whole bunch of missing like latina girls in a town and then when one white, white blonde girl. girl goes missing everybody freaks out about it it's people don't yep. care unless it in fact uh, affects them personally or somebody that looks like them the number is 603-283-6160. Well, people do start caring about police corruption once they get arrested wrongfully and yeah. once the police beat uh, or, or kill their dog. or And these things are happening more often now. Uh, police arrests for violent or, sorry, victimless crimes are happening more and more often. The, the odds that you know someone who has been targeted by the police for a victimless crime is actually very, very high. Whether you know that they've been targeted is another question. But the odds that you know that person, that you're... Yeah. That, you know, so whether you're aware of it, I guess, uh, of whether your knowledge... You know, anyway, the number is 603-283-6160. So what do we do about it in the case of corrupt cops? Unfortunately, right now, the average American isn't ready for the idea of no government, right? The, the, just getting rid of the police, yeah. or most of them anyway. They're not ready for that yet. That yeah. proposal was made in Minneapolis. You remember after the 2020 summer protests? Yeah, there was to a huge, defund the police. Yeah, huge protests in Minneapolis. They were going to, de- quote unquote, defund the police and fund some sort of alternative non-police organization. Didn't pass. Yeah, I mean. Didn't I think, happen. I, I think a lot of what would help is if we had a some sort of. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it could be constitutional or how you do it, but something that would be like. Okay, it doesn't matter what law the law says if there's no uh if there's no violence uh or a victim of violence that you can put forth no charge. There's no yeah, you can't get any kind of conviction, right? Um and obviously you can reduce the police force drastically, you know, at that point because 
you're not going to be pulling people over for speeding. Right. And there's um, a ton of cops know, that are on the drug squad or whatever. Right. So. You're not going to be arresting people for drugs. You might yeah. be arresting some of those people who have serious drug addictions for, you know, maybe some sort of stealing or violence or something like that. But it would drastically reduce the number of peaceful people who are being, you know, run through the system, so to speak. Yeah. There's definitely some major changes that can be made to the system to make it less abusive towards victimless criminals, people who have never harmed another human being, but yet now are being thrown into prison cells and locked away like Ross Ulbricht, who is Absolutely. locked away for two life sentences plus 40 years for the crime of running a website without you know government permission. Uh, if you don't know about his case, get over to freeross.org and learn more about Ross Ulbricht, the founder of the Silk Road. Kind of goes back to what we were talking about in the first hour with the, the dark net marketplaces. He was the very first ever to create one of those. No other darknet market operator has ever been sentenced to anything near uh, what Ross has uh, has been sentenced. Oh, that's something that else just makes me sick. The idea that, you know, you would make an example out of somebody. Yeah. You know, I mean, I get that you you don't want people doing, you know, this thing that somebody did. But to, you know, crucify somebody you know, who's doing the same thing that other people are also doing. And uh, the judge also made some statement. I don't know the exact quote, but she made some statement that it was she was also um, going to make an example out of him because of the beliefs he held, like the mm, libertarian, libertarian beliefs. Yeah, it's that he held. It, it, absolutely. So morally reprehensible what she did, yeah. what disgusting. that judge did. Like there has to be a hell. Well, the reason that, just that woman. Uh, personally, I don't believe in that, but uh, you know, you can believe what whatever well, it is you want. You can make your own person. I think that people make their own personal hells. That's true. That is guilt true. Will fall, guilt, guilt will catch up with her. Uh, so the number six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. You can join us here. I think the best solution to making the changes that we're that are necessary to rein in police abuse are only going to be likely if we can get enough freedom loving people together in the same geographic area. And, of course, that's what we're working on doing here in New Hampshire. And the Free State Project is having its Liberty Forum this weekend. And it's a sold-out event, which is a great sign. Hour 3 is coming up. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, kicking off the third hour of the program here. You're invited if you want to join the show. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Tonight, you've got Ian. And Bonnie. And Chris. We've been talking about the propaganda war that has been going on regarding Ukraine. There is a conflict going on there for sure. How widespread it is, how much it's affecting the average person, that, you know, is impossible to know unless you're actually there. Uh, And we have had a couple of callers who claim to be in Ukraine. We had a gentleman uh, who called in a few days ago and a regular listener of the show who I know reached out to me to say that that guy, uh, I think it was Alexander was a personal friend of his and so he's he vouched for him he says yes this guy really is in ukraine he really is in the ukrainian military Hmm. uh and so his experience obviously is going to be very different from somebody who's just living in a city and you know they don't they're not fighting yeah Uh, but it's it is interesting of course to compare propaganda and to watch the ridiculous uh extent to which these governments of the world are going to try to restrict people's access to information and to me, that's a red alert 
when when you see a government gang saying, oh, whoa, 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 you people shouldn't be able to read what they say. Mm. Others. The, yeah, those RT people, those Russia Today people, oh, Russian government, they're all li- they're lying to you. The lies are so dangerous, we can't even allow you to read them, is what's going on. Europe, uh, the European Union. I don't know, was it last week now, early this week? I think it was Monday or something like that. They announced they were going to be banning RT, the Russian propaganda ministry, from uh, Europe, basically. Any kind of television system. Any, I don't know if they've banned the website. Is, uh, yeah, yeah, that's the thing I was wondering about that. Because because banning it, like the TV channel, might be one thing. But mm-hmm. how are they going to ban, if they're talking about banning the website, do does every uh, European Union country have a have a blocking system? Blocking, yeah, a censorship s- system already in place. I know That's a lot a of them question. do. Well, remember, but I wasn't under, I wasn't aware that they all had one. Earlier, maybe maybe like 2019, um, there was all this news about some law that the EU wanted to pass, and I honestly don't know if they did pass it or not. That would make some kind of memes illegal. Like people were calling it like the EU was going to ban memes. Was that? something 13 wow. article 13 i don't know i think that might have been I article wished, 13 i was and hoping you guys would know I think more that about it might have passed oh really yeah there's so many so much of that stuff going on i can't so remember like now. the whole eu can ban ban memes so it seems like they have the power to you know ban things well the eu did gl- uh did glom onto a lot of power with the gdpr thing that they yeah. did back in uh, 2018 i think it is what it was remember when you got for listeners that don't know what i'm talking about gdpr is meaningless as far as a set of letters i know you know yeah Chris, it says but, article 13 <laughs> by the way yeah go but ahead. the gdpr thing remember Shocked there was, I actually remembered <laughs> there was one uh year i think it was 2018 when all of a sudden you started getting emails from every yep. website you've ever ordered something GDPR. from, from every website you've ev- that ever somehow got your email address, even if you haven't done any business with them in five years. What or, year did it start? I feel like it was 2018. Hmm. You would have you would have noticed because well, in yeah. your email box there was just email after email after email about oh well now we're just going to have to tell you we're, we've got cookies and you're going to have to accept our cookies and then every website started putting these damn pop ups that are still everywhere yep. where the first time you go to the site if it's been a while since you've been to the site you go there and this accept our cookies it's not thing even comes the up. first time you go to the site yep. it will reoccur right. Uh, because you know, if you clear your cache or you have a different browser, you right. open it on your phone. New yeah. IP address, yeah, new IP address, anything. Yeah, that they'll pop it up again. Every, just in case you see it all the time, right? Accept the cookies, click yep. it, and then you can finally see the website or you can see the whole website or whatever. Is that bad when That's, I accept the cookies, Chris? Should I not? do You that? have to basically. Yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> you basically yeah. have to. But it's, I'm always like, is so that bad? That's, you can you frequently you can hit no on that, but yeah, I mean, it's it's. <laughs> it, they can they make it frequently very difficult. Yeah. So that is what the internet did in response to what's called the GDPR. Do you remember what it even stood for? General Data Protection Regulation, I think. Right. Yeah. Oh, the U- yeah. the EU is going to protect everybody. It, it, you know, and and the thing is, like, you know, we we are inconvenienced by it, like you and I, Ian and and Bonnie. Um, but it actually everyone is, is inconvenienced it, by it. Yeah. Everybody around the world is inconvenienced by it. But it's actually even worse for Europeans because a lot of websites you can't access in Europe because right. of this law. Yeah. Try accessing like a local, uh, I don't know, New Hampshire paper or yeah. 
uh, like Hollywood Sentinel. reporter Keen or Sentinel. Sentinel. If you're on a VPN in Europe or you're in Europe, you yep. cannot go to the Keen Sentinel's I, website. Wow. I remember. I remember when I was traveling. I, I went to. Uh, I was in Brussels, I believe. And a few other European countries. But anyway, a couple of years ago, um, just after that passed, basically, and I remember encountering uh, a, like repeatedly on like a three day trip, all these different websites that were blocked that I couldn't access. And the reason that happened, as I understand it, correct me if I'm wrong on this, the reason these companies in the United States, because previously you could go to those sites, right, but after GDPR, you no longer could access it. And the idea was... They probably just didn't know if they could comply with the GDPR or didn't want to try to jump through all the stupid GDPR hoops. So they just said, yeah, we'll just block Europe. That's exactly what happened. Um, and it, it's it's interesting. And here, here's here's the why people why people should be so concerned about this type of legislation. Right. As a small business, as like even and, and I'm not even talking about like like a small company. Like I'm talking about a company with. Lots of like maybe hundreds of employees even right. Mm-hmm. If you're focused, if your market is New Hampshire or Key New Hampshire or you know in New York City even right, um, you you don't necessarily operate in Europe, so you have no uh, interest in necessarily catering to that market, right. and so you're not going to hire lawyers in Europe to find out whether or not you're compliant. You're just going to block Europe in order to uh, protect yourself. And that's exactly what happened. And it's just such a cowardly way of doing things. Like, you don't have offices in, you know, Brussels or whatever. You don't have offices in France. Why would you think you would be subject to their legislation? Well, Europe thinks they that they have uh, authority to regulate you in the United States, even though you don't have offices in Europe. But how would they accomplish that? It, Without it, your own voluntary consent. This is their basis. And I've read in, I've read what they wrote. This mm-hmm. is their basis. There's like five or six different bases for it. If your website is uh, available in, say, Spanish, right? Mm-hmm. There you go. That they, they believe, <laughs> they believe that that, listen, this is their our reasoning. You are then targeting people in Spain. Therefore... <laughs> They can regulate you, and they have authority. But over how? You. Oh how are they going to regulate? Me? Practical, you know, the practicalities yeah. of it are another matter. If right? they tell me they want me to show up in their court, I'm going to tell them to go pound sand. Right, and <laughs> and that's exactly the kind of thing that you can actually do because there's no way for them to enforce it yeah. unless you have bank accounts in Europe, right. or something of that nature. And I suspect the Keen Sentinel doesn't have a, a bank judgment, account. Judgment. I'm not. By the way, I'm not a lawyer here, but <laughs> that as I understand it, a judgment in Europe can't necessarily be enforced in the united states no now sometimes sometimes you can get a u.s court to enforce a overseas judgment but it's probably not going to be the case here because there's no equivalent to the gdpr in the united states Mm -hmm. and there usually has to be an equivalent law in the country Mm -hmm. that you're trying to enforce a foreign judgment and there isn't so it's just cowardice on the part of these, these companies so the reason i bring that up is because the gdpr was the first, in my understanding, the first real big clampdown by the European Union on internet communications. Don't you think? That was like the biggie. That's the one that, that got my attention. It, it probably is the one that has affected the most number of people, I think, yeah. or the masses. So that might have been around the time when they started talking about internet blocks. Uh, in the Well, it predates that by a mm-hmm. decade at least or a couple of decades. I mean, but certainly um, they're, they're, the filtering, the censorship systems that they put in place, the blockades, um, that actually predates, that goes back to the 90s and early 2000s for like most countries that implemented some sort of censorship filtering system um 
It started with child porn, but it has been extended to copyrights. Nobody uh, could be against infringement. Uh, blocking child porn. No, of course. And this is how you end up with this, you know, totalitarian regimes all over the world censoring anything and everything from news websites to opposing political regimes to, you know, uh, extremist content, you know, that isn't really extremist. More coming up here on what Facebook did and what's happening now in Russia as a result. Talk live. Phones are open here. You can join us. Ian, Bonnie, and Chris in the studio. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. The Russian government is striking back at Facebook after Facebook announced, along with other U.S.-based mega tech corporations, that they're going to ban RT in Europe for all Facebook users and Instagram. And uh, Russia has uh, a plan of their own to attack Facebook in response. We'll tell you about that on the way here. But first, we're going to go to your phone calls and thoughts. By the way, Free Talk Live is brought to you by Freedoms Phoenix. It's a liberty-oriented news aggregation site. If you want the newest and the freshest perspectives when it comes to liberty, you can go to freedomsphoenix.com. They've got them there. They've also got the Daily Dispatch. It's the best way to stay up to date on science, technology, historical findings, liberty news, government overspending, and the rise of the police state. It's freedoms with an S, phoenix.com. That's freedomsphoenix.com. As we go to Jonathan calling from Texas. Jonathan, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me online. Sure. Uh, I just went through a, a Border Patrol checkpoint down here. I'm a truck driver, so oh. I just uh, I left the, the Mexico border earlier today. I'm making my way back north. Is this and, an uh, internal uh, Border Patrol checkpoint or the, uh, the Border Border Patrol checkpoint? It's one of the internal ones. Mm-hmm. All right. Ooh. Yeah, so I, I pulled up to one of those about 10 minutes ago, and, uh, you know, they got the dog. The dog walks around, checks all the cars, checks all the trucks, and two cars in front of me, it started barking its head off. So oh uh, I had to pull over to the side, you know, and I'm watching. I'm pulling forward now. And I'm watching them pull over to the side and, uh, you know, a group of, I don't know what you call them, cops, police officers. I don't know. I'm sure you all have some better names thugs. for them. But they walked out. There you go, thugs. Well, they, there's a, I, I, somewhere between six and ten. I didn't count them, but it was more than five, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they come strutting out of the building surrounded the there's enough of them to at least surround the little car the little oh, mini cooper scary. and uh they got you know the passenger out started patting him down right away and and uh, i just felt bad man and, you know I, like i was driving past him as he was getting patted down and he just he looked a heartbroken in his eyes you know like he couldn't believe it was happening you know i just felt bad that he was having to go through that and some little girl they had to be in their young 20s you know got mm. out of the driver's seat and was walking you know just stepping out of the vehicle when i was out driving past wow. but I know some of y'all have probably been in some similar situations, and I just happened to witness it firsthand tonight, so I thought I'd call in and share it with you guys. I thought they weren't even allowed to do that anymore. No, I guess oh, they're, they're still doing I guess that. they're still allowed to do it. They're just well, so no, there was a ruling. I think that uh, they can't detain you for like uh, you know more than is necessary for like road stops uh, to get the dogs. But if they have the dogs already, I think they can. I'm so sorry, what and that's why they were able to do it. Texas. Oh, Texas, yeah. Whenever um, me and my friend drove from Las Vegas to San Antonio last year, mm-hmm. right when we got into, I mean, right before we got to El Paso, but we were in Texas, there was a, you know, border checkpoint. Yep. And there was a, it was like a kind of truck you see, I mean, a van I see all the time. I think it says Atex, and I don't know what the company is, but um, it's not like a huge uh, Mack truck or anything. It's more like a van, but a company van. It was in front of us, and the dogs 
sniffed on it and it had to be pulled to the side and everything. Yeah. So I've seen it too. It's, re- it's well, pretty sad. Yeah. I, that's the thing, Chris. They don't, you don't have to wait for the dogs at the border or the, at these checkpoints. They have them. There right. All. Right. Yeah, and we weren't crossing the border. I think that's the, the reason uh, that they're able to still do it legally mm-hmm. because they've already got the dogs before they stop mm-hmm. you. Yeah. But if they stop you and then they have to call for the dogs, if they're not, if the dogs don't arrive before they're finished writing the ticket, they got to let you go. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, it didn't help those people in the, in that particular case. And well, uh, there's actually a pretty good nah, video dude. on the uh, Free Talk Live channel on Odyssey that actually is Mark Edge at the El Paso uh, oh, right. checkpoint. It's a very highly highly viewed video on our YouTube channel, um, but I, I don't like that. Years ago. Go ahead, Jonathan. Yeah, well, I mean, they ask you a couple of questions and you pull up, you know, uh, yep. basically just buying time for the dog to sniff you, you know. First one is, right. hey, how are you? And I learned from you guys, I don't talk to them, I just nod my head. Uh, second one, is there anybody with me? Because truck drivers, sometimes we have people with us. And uh, I nod my head again, no. And then he finally says, uh, U.S. citizen? And I, I, I answered him that time. I said, yes. And I wanted him to know I could speak English, you know. Proof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's this question, question me, right? that uh, Mark Edge refused to answer. Um, and you know, as my understanding is, you're not under any obligation to speak to these people. No. So it's I mean, just like you're driving on a, a really um, empty road, and it's it's a highway, but it's like you know, only like uh, it's not like a four lane highway. It's probably mm-hmm. like a two lane highway, and it's completely just like you're in the middle of the desert, nowhere. And all of a sudden, there's like, what is this? What are we coming up to? There's traffic all of mm-hmm. a sudden, and it's big giant hut thing. Is this California or Texas? Texas. Texas, Texas. okay. And California. El Paso. California like, is something similar. That's why I went through the California one. That's why I was... Yeah, you're forced to go through. It's like this big... You can't turn around. Yeah, you can't turn around. I mean, I don't know if you can turn around, but you can't uh, If you go turn around, around at a checkpoint, they're going to probably chase you down. Oh, wow. Well... Uh, are well marked, though. I mean, if you're planning a trip across the country, you, you could look ahead, yeah. ahead and discover where these are at. But they also have roving checkpoints. So, I mean, while you can do what you're talking wow. about, you're talking... There's a lot of these permanent permanent installations which is the one outside of el paso is a permanent one that one doesn't move but they do have moving or roving checkpoints wow. and you don't know where those things are going to be at any given uh time it's, it's really, really scary sad. it's sad for those people that uh jonathan called in about that got pulled over because um i have a friend who got pulled over with drugs on the way to a rave in texas and he's a felon <laughs> mm, now he damn. can't um own a gun to protect his family he went to jail for a year wow. There's a pretty good uh, checkpoint activism video that we did, Chris. I think you were in the car with us when we went from uh, Forkfest that one year down to... Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I wasn't. Bob was, though. Oh, that's right. You couldn't... You were somewhere else. I had work, unfortunately. I had a big job to take care of, big customer. But if you want to see us refuse the uh, the checkpoint that they had set up in New Hampshire that outside was, of Woodstock. That was a great video though. I, I did watch that. <laughs> just search for Border Patrol Forkfest at uh, freekeen.com and it'll come up. It's a pretty entertaining video. Jonathan, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing Thank from you. you. The number here is 603-283-6160. The free state of Texas. In that case, <laughs> we, uh, we well, I mean, it's the Texas is also occupied by the federal gangs. I mean, so is New Hampshire. Absolutely. Um, New Hampshire, yeah, but, at I least. Mean, uh, the drug laws in Texas are worse. Much worse, yeah. T- Texas is uh, not a personal freedom state. They do not have good personal freedoms in Texas. They're number 49 out of 50 as far as personal freedoms yeah, are concerned. I, I think if I recall correctly, New Hampshire is actually still way better uh, because the state cops aren't allowed to work with the uh, Border Patrol anymore. Mm. 
I believe that's true. Yeah, as yeah, far as their border so. patrol checkpoints. Yeah, and there is no permanent checkpoint in New Hampshire as far as the border patrol, like internal. Obviously, right. there's the one at the Canadian border, but uh, there's no internal permanent checkpoints like there are in Texas. So there is that. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160, but it's a pretty entertaining video because basically we, we caught wind that they were doing this checkpoint <laughs> while Forkfest was happening back in 2018, so a whole carload uh, <laughs> full of activists went down with th- multiple video cameras and recorded, you know, we're literally pointing cameras out the window of the, the car as we come up to this checkpoint. And they sent, one of the goons wanted us to go over to pull into secondary. <laughs> that was a mistake. And then his superior walks up and says, nope, send him on, send him on, or <laughs> something like that. And it just, wasn't even that he told you know uh, you guys to go on. It was how he said it. Yeah. He knew exactly who, you know. They knew it was a setup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't want it. He didn't. The, the superior was smart enough to avoid and that. Oh, yeah. One thing that's so annoying about these places is how obvious it is that it's just them trying to fish for people with drugs to get money out of them oh, or whatever yeah. because... When me and my friend went through, uh, she really had to pee, and she's like, "What is this crap?" And we're coming up, and uh, they ask you the question, "How are you?" She's like, "Good," and they're they're just like, "Where are you heading to?" And we're already in Texas, and she's like, "Texas," because she just really had to pee, and, wanted to, and they're like, "All right, have a good day," because we're American white girls. These people's questions. Yeah. Uh, just hold on to your rights. Pro- pull out a video camera. It is Free Talk Live, and you can join the show here, the number 603-283-6160, that's 603-283-6160, and join us online anytime over at freetalklive.com. With you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Chris. So, we were talking about the European Union, and how it is that they are saying that Russia today is banned. Now, it's not clear that they're blocking the Russia Today website, but they're basically leaning on the corporations to block all things RT. So Facebook, Instagram, uh, even Telegram, amazingly, apparently, has cracked down on RT, which is... Well, he's uh, anti the Russian government, so it kind of makes is. sense. It still sucks, though. Not that it's I, good. You know, it's bad. I, I, I am not at all surprised that Telegram has cracked down on on RT, and mostly it's because we've seen this coming, uh, you know, for an, a, a couple of years at least. You've been preaching this yeah, for a long time. I know. I've been preaching <laughs> this. Uh, Telegram has been uh, censoring Telegram. Yep. So, yep. you know, this isn't this shouldn't really come as much of a surprise to anybody who's been following along. So the European Union, though, again, all these big companies, Google has uh, told European Union users that they are no longer going to be able to see RT. So if you try to go to the RT channel on YouTube, for instance, it's not going to be there if you're in uh, if you're in Europe. They haven't censored the channel for the whole world yet. Telegram did. <laughs> That's true. Telegram did censor for, for everybody. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, but interestingly, the RT website today is saying they're creating a new Telegram channel. So I don't know what the story is with why they would get one channel deleted and then try again. That that doesn't make that's not going to work. Like, what's what? What do they think is going to happen the second time? But anyway, here's the update to this controversy from CNBC.com. Russia's media regulator said today that they will now begin blocking access to Meta-owned Facebook in. Russia, as they escalate pressure on media outlets and tech platforms amid 
the Ukraine conflict. The regulator said Facebook violated federal law by restricting access to accounts of several state-affiliated media outlets. According to a translated version of a statement, the move marks an escalation from earlier limits that Russia placed on Facebook. Last week, the agency placed partial restrictions on Facebook for the alleged violation. At the time, Facebook's vice president of global affairs, Nick Clegg, said Russian authorities had ordered the platform to stop fact-checking and labeling content posted on Facebook by state-owned outlets like RT and Sputnik. Meta refused the request. Regulator said on Friday that it found 26 cases of discrimination against Russian media and information resources by Facebook. Quote, uh, this is according to Clegg, who is the Facebook spokesperson, Quote, soon millions of ordinary Russians will find themselves cut off from reliable information, (laughs) which is a laughable claim from Facebook, which bans people for posting, you know, verifiable truth on Facebook. Or even just their opinions. And calling it, quote unquote, misinformation. But going on, the Facebook statement, depriving of their everyday ways of connecting with family and friends and silenced from speaking out. We will continue to do everything we can to restore our services so they remain available to people safely, to safely and securely express themselves and organize for action. Well, first of all, we know that Facebook only allows certain people to organize. They only allow certain opinions. Now, I'm not saying I support the Russian government banning Facebook, but it's like, Bad guy versus bad guy here. I mean, it's hard to say. And the people lose in both situations. I mean, you lost Facebook. Not the end of the world. There are other well, platforms. Some people, you know, connect on there with their businesses and things like yeah, that. No, I, I understand lose. that. I'm not saying I support the Russian government, but I don't take. I don't feel like any one side here is worse than the other. It, it really isn't. Uh, both Europe and Russia are basically they're doing the same sorts of. Things and tactics. Yeah, it seems like tit and for tat to it me. It really is. It really is. And it's um, it's. I'm waiting for uh, the European Union to to. So one one of the things that uh, Russia did really recently, just prior to their invasion, was they banned Tor like officially, like or they really? actually implemented a ban. So they had sort of been banned. And 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 this is the thing, people people have to remember. They started off with copyright as the reason to ban Tor effectively and VPNs. Hmm. But that's not the real reason. It's probably, almost certainly, this invasion was planned probably at least a couple years in advance, mm-hmm. is, is my guess, because that's about the time that Russia really started cracking down and censoring, uh, like, like not even just local opposition, but out the outside world. So that, just to be clear, they're banning the individual from even using the Tor browser? Tor browsers, VPNs are blocked in Russia and have wow. been for a little bit. VPNs? Now. Yep, VPNs are blocked in Russia. Again, these are these are VPNs that don't comply with Russian law, which requires them to basically give Russian government access to Their like laws. it totally undermines the whole point of a VPN, mm-hmm. a privacy friendly VPN provider. Yeah. Wow. Now, are there ways so, around that? Like, I mean, does Tor-, Tor still works in Russia, as far as I know, and it's heavily used in Russia, but you can't connect directly. So you can't you go to the go Tor website. Some sort of a proxy or something, or what you, you can. So there's ways to get around that. You can do things like email certain email addresses, and then it will send you a, a like an encrypted binary with a password, and then you can download. So it. hold on. So what you're saying is, once you get the actual browser, Tor works. Sort of. Or do you have there's, to change ports or something there's, like that? It's not that complicated. There are um, effectively built in. 
I, I think I think the way it works is it's something like there are built in um, uh, addresses that are unique to like the download. And so mm. those IPs are not in Russia's blacklist. Mm. And thus you can uh, bypass uh you know, kind of bypass the normal tour in order to get outside of Russia, and then it goes through the normal onion process. Mm. So, um, yeah, and it's it's uh, so it's not it's not com- I, I, at least like I said, there. This is also a um, a situation where tour developers have kind of gone back and forth with the Russian government and authority because there's something called deep packet inspection. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of make it work in Russia and then Russia figures out a way to kind of, or another technique to kind of block it uh, based on the protocol. And, um, but the tour developers have a lot of different kind of counters to that, but they haven't implemented all of the different counters all at once. Mm. They've done it, their their um, strategy is to kind of really release those countermeasures uh, slowly over time uh, because it's uh, it's like it's a strategic thing. How many countries in the world have done what Russia has done with Tor? Um, China is certainly there is actually uh, deep packet inspection is actually something that U.S. companies are um, what's the word they're they're kind of specialized in or expertise mm-hmm. in. And they sell to a lot of foreign regimes, hmm. uh, a lot of dictatorships, author, you know, authoritarian countries. Shame you know. on those companies. Yeah, yeah. So, supposed democracies in many mm-hmm. cases. Oh, but yeah. So, Chris, I've been meaning to ask you, but I haven't been on the show with you recently. Have any of the sanctions started to affect anything with your business? Like anything you buy, is it unavailable or way more expensive? Um, you know, this is a good question. And indirectly, it probably will start to affect us because... See, uh, okay, so processors like the core thing in a computer, and you know, a tablet and phones and things like that. Uh, the there is, I'm trying to think what it is. It's, it's some element, uh, basically, or some component, basically, something like that comes the, out of Russia. Yeah, something that comes out of Russia. Most of it's mined in Russia, mm-hmm. and so like 90 percent of it's mined in Russia. So the ingredient to make lasers, I, be- I believe it's the lasers that go into devices that manufacture the. The processors, these right, those that's very important to have. It's actually Ukraine and Russia are like the main sources for that. Mm. So it's, it, yeah, it's probably going to affect us at some point. Plus, isn't it true that some shipping companies like FedEx and UPS, just due to the conflict, are no longer uh, shipping over there? Sure, that's also true. Yeah. yeah. So do yeah. you have any like customers that I don't know? I guess you wouldn't know. So, it, so we actually, uh, interestingly enough, Russia was not always a country that was difficult to ship to mm-hmm. ship goods into um but it's been for the most of the time period in which we've done business and we've had customers wanting to buy from us in russia they've put up roadblocks mm-hmm. the so russian government the has? russian government has put up roadblocks to getting stuff into Jeez. the country it's not impossible but unless you're shipping in large pallets of like computers and things at a single time mm-hmm. it, it doesn't it's not worth the not paperwork worth to go through yeah. to actually get it into the country 603-283-6160 you run a computer business over at thinkpenguin.com you can buy laptops and desktops and other accessories VPN. and hardware more yep. coming up free talk live you can join the program here the number is 603-283-6160 603-283-6160 and you can bring up whatever is on your mind here 
Uh, whether you want to talk about the information war that is going on regarding Ukraine and Russia, hard to discern what the truth is out there, especially as governments around the world, especially EU, Australia, banning uh, websites and banning uh, RT as far as its broadcasts are concerned. RT America, by the way, shut down operations, I believe, effective yesterday. I've got a story about that, too, but I don't know if we're going to have time to get into it because we're going to go back to your calls and thoughts here as we go to El Canejo calling us, I believe, from New Mexico. Go ahead. Hi, guys. Hey. Um, I was just uh, calling in to say something I've been thinking about for a long time and how Putin could battle the West and uh, defeat the Western oligarchy because I feel like he's battling a proxy war that was U.S. provoked years ago. I mean, this Ukraine thing is not a Russian versus Ukraine war. This is actually a US, uh, Russian versus NATO globalist war, in my opinion. I think he's backed into a corner. Sure. If uh, you know, if you if you believe the story that uh, the CIA actually took over uh, through a coup in 2014 and installed a uh, friendly dictator there in Ukraine, uh, friendly to the U.S., that is seems seems like that's and, and the what crazy happened. thing is, it's not that hard to believe because the CIA has a, they do a that. history of doing yeah. exactly that. Yeah, and supposedly they were working with uh, Nazis and white supremacists in order to get that done. By the way, uh, but what else, uh, Kaneho? Well, I'm not saying Putin's a good guy, but no, if he wanted to actually, yeah, if he actually wanted to challenge the U.S., he could defeat them economically by heavily investing in open source software and undermining Hollywood and Silicon Valley. How Facebook, would uh, open Hollywood. source defeat the United States uh, just by giving more money to open source software? So people don't adopt open source software because they're just addicted to convenience. Hmm. Um, and the way that Hollywood makes money is they uh, monetize inter- intellectual property. And that's the right. same with like Facebook, Silicon Valley. Um, he could invest in crypto, which is open source. Mm-hmm. He could undermine the U.S. dollar uh, hegemony, the petrodollar. Yeah, that um, he could do that, pretty easily. That's what I, yeah. I was going to say. I think, I think there's <laughs> – I don't necessarily know if I would say just generally invest in open source software um, so much as I would agree that there are certain things you can do in relation to you know investing in certain projects in particular – that would like be, yeah, I don't think giving Linux a bunch more money is going to make the government uh, fall yeah. uh, tomorrow. It's Doubtful. not a bad idea. I mean, you know, go ahead and give them some money, great. But uh, but but definitely Bitcoin. If they started, if Russia started accepting cryptocurrency for their oil instead of the petrodollar or yeah. whatever, then and, that could be a, a and thing. here's the thing. I I and I want to point something out about that though. The Russian economy. I mean, maybe it won't be for very long, but. It's huge relative to... uh, It's one of the world's largest. Yeah, just crypto in general and Bitcoin. So it's not likely that Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, at least at this point, are going to be able to handle the amount of transactions and, you know... um, you know, if, if Russia were to go all in, basically. Um, But that doesn't mean that Russia could not use it as one of its tools... And that's something that I, I think wouldn't be a bad idea for Russia. El Canejo, any other thoughts? Go ahead. Well, if I could easily download and had a slick interface for watching any show or movie I wanted, some sort of really clean, consumer-friendly version of like Pirate Bay, mm-hmm. I wouldn't need a subscription to Netflix. I, wouldn't I think need they have that. Hulu. 
I've personally never used these things, but we've reported on them. Uh, popcorn time is yeah, that thing still around? That's there's forks of it still around. Yeah. I you know honestly, I've only uh, how do I say this? I've only investigated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and as I understand it, um, it doesn't work. Uh, at least when I not so great investigated it. Yeah, it doesn't work. Mm, you can get through half a movie and then you end up with like buffering. buffering. Mm. Um, but so, if they were, you know, being funded by the Russian government, they might end up being really nice. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah Uber, Lyft, um, and it might be servers, it, it eh? might be better now. Just by the way, yeah, so. who knows? I think it would just depend yeah. on which torrent you chose. Yeah, I mean, if you're on a torrent it, with a ton of seeds, absolutely. Then just to cl- for yep. listeners that don't know, what we're talking about uh, the the. The software was called Popcorn Time. There are probably, like you said, forks and variants and new versions that we don't even know about because we don't look at the current stuff on this. Uh, but the it was just software that you could download that did everything that a torrent software did, like a torrent client does, which is to say you choose the movie or the music or whatever it is you want to you watch or listen to or whatever, and then uh, you download it. But this put it into a pretty interface. Normally using torrent clients isn't pretty. It's not it easy for like the average. It was like a clone of Netflix, yeah. but it used torrents uh, in the background. Right. And the difference between a normal torrent is this was, an, it allowed you to live stream, kind of live, I don't want to say. To hit no, the play button, Not right? live stream, but it would, it would um, yeah, when you hit the play button, it would start playing automatically. Right. You didn't have to wait for the whole torrent to download. Right. So that that is a thing, El Conejo, and uh, thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Let's go to uh, unscreen caller, uh, area code 415. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, this is David out in California. Hey, you, you all know the expression 5150? Isn't that like when you get involuntarily committed? Yeah, exactly. Is that a California code? Uh, I think it's it's you. It, various states have different laws. About Correct. It, but yeah. You can't be put in forever, but it's usually, usually seventy-two like hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three day or ten day, whatever. Yep. And uh, so, what do you bet that we need to do that to Putin? Uh, how are you going to do that? <laughs> yeah. How? Well, you, you ever heard of the social contract? Oh boy, it's a bunch of BS. It, it's how we got rid of kings. You there know, is no social words, contract, huh? Well, the the social contract is is that if you go to the drinking fountain right now, if you go to the sink, you're going to get clean water out of there. Because, That's a load of garbage. <laughs> Tell that to the people in Flint. Well, where, so <laughs> who, are you buying, who are you buying your survival from? Uh, you pay off the government gang so they don't murder you. Yeah. You, you, so That's the contract. 50, the contract is you the, do whatever it is they say to do, or they kill you. Or steal your house from you, or yeah, murder still your not dog. Still a contract because I didn't sign anything. No, and it's BS really because it's paranoid? not. You can't point to it, can you, David? I know that when I go to the drink, uh, the sink. Can I you can point to the contract? To you don't know that forever. But, uh, ask, seriously, say that to the people in. How Flint, can you even Michigan? call it a contract okay. when it's this involuntary? Is how we got rid of kings. He's not going to answer a single question. Got rid of kings. You're not. You're not even asking a question. Then Chris just asked you a question. You want to ask it again, Chris? Yeah. How is it a contract when it's involvontary? That's like, yeah, I mean, that's like saying somebody who doesn't this is, consent this is, is philosophy from the 1400s, 1500s. It's fantasy, it's is what it is. Got, it's how we got rid of kings. Kings no, kings were overthrown by charge. violence, unfortunately, yeah. and I don't believe yeah. in violence kings as pretended, a solution. Huh? Kings um, pretended that God put him in charge. King they Joe Biden still pretends that God put him in charge. This is, this is just justification of violence, man. Yeah, Joe Biden the other day was saying that um, we're in a sacred and holy place. It's still a religious uh, reasoning that they have for the 
um, all the power they have that in their head, it's still, you know, just Absolutely. religious it's and religious. fantasy. And that's what you're, you're talking about here. You believe in the religion of the state, David. You're a true believer. And you believe that whatever it is the state says is basically God's word, right? Well, let's see. Is your survival dependent on having roads? Uh, Absol- you don't think actually, people would make roads without the state? Have you? When was the last time you flew? <laughs> I'm a human. I don't have wings. Control, air traffic controllers. It's actually been uh, quite a few years. Provide, do they provide honest safety, or are they just like scammers? That are you, you know, just completely dense? Do you think that air traffic <laughs> control wouldn't exist without the state? Probably be better. That's the social them. contract. They no, it's not. You are living in a fantasy. You believe <laughs> okay, in something called the state, which is a thing that does not exist. It, that you can point to buildings, you can point to cars, but they are not the state. The state is an idea, yeah. mm. and you have bought into it hook, line, and sinker. It, it, you know, and, and so I want to point something out. So there are there are laws, right? And laws, you know, they 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 have certain protocols. Those are words on paper written by strangers, right? Right. Um, but you can compl- you can comply with like a protocol without there being a law for it, and you can have con- you can ha- even have um, different protocols. Like we have this thing called the internet, right? And mm-hmm. while there's like TCP, there's also something called UDP, and they these can- are protocols, right? These are different kind of competing protocols, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's not a law that says you have to use TCP or that you have to use Thank UDP, goodness. right? We get to um, choose, right? We get to choose, right? Whichever protocol works best, you know, for a particular application or, or whatnot. Um, this, so anyway, basically, what all I'm trying to say is, uh, David, that you can have protocols like I don't know how you take off without actually having a law that uh, you know enforces you know that protocol. Yeah, people you can would have voluntarily. Um, obey the protocol for air traffic controllers if it wasn't run by the government because they would uh, agree that it was the most safe way and they'd want to do and you're the gonna thing that die their business and their lives. Yeah. Right. And uh, businesses, industries without government interference for many, many you know, decades or hundreds of years have had standards. In right. the industries they have standards. The USB, for instance, on your computer yep. is a completely voluntary standard. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow night. Thanks for the call, David. It's Free Talk Live. <laughs> 